Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm the death of the golden age of tabletop RPGs. Oh, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of 2024. Start with a banger there, dude. That's probably going to be... This is my... It'll be my best intro of the year. It'll date this episode, but anytime anyone who knows us comes in, like listens to this episode they're gonna be like oh i know what that is alluding to so i love i love that i love that um Thanks. that's us we're we we are new year what did i say new year new time same idiot here on the weekly scroll podcast this will probably be our normal um tabletop role-playing game review time going forward thursdays around 10 o'clock in the morning um we're we're condensing some stuff some schedules changed um and uh that's us that's it um that's it have today, a good day y'all yeah oh <laughs> that, fucking, we're bringing that joke into 2024 too yep it's it's coming with us um i'm also gonna stop trying to scream into the mic um in 2024 not gonna happen i'm gonna try for you guys though i'm gonna mm. try i'm gonna try to grow um, hair this year do it yeah, i'm, just, I'm, I'm gonna come back full. Full, full head of hair. You know? Yeah, you're almost there, buddy. Yeah, I'm so close. <clears throat> All right. So today, on the Weekly Scroll Podcast, we are looking at the job, the job. from Andre Novoa of Games Omnivorous. Let me turn the blur off of this for a, a just a, a hot second, um, so you can see this. A little bit more clear how beautiful is this book dude oh dude so it, i yeah it's great yeah it's a really it's really very good one so this is one for the podcast listeners out there that you should at the very least go to gamesomnivorous.com and look at you should just also come to our youtube and subscribe and watch watch the episode but it's such a beautiful book um it is it's a it's a very thin book i love that it's hardcover though i think it's perfect for this and it's perfect for games omnivorous they don't not make good stuff uh you should definitely listen to our game our our interview with andre from games i'm nervous great um, talking about if i do yeah, say so myself yeah. oh such a how first of all how great was he oh and just amazing i mean it was a really it's a really great interview because he did all the talking and was very illuminating about the process and i was like this is amazing so yeah we can yeah. just sit back and listen to someone who is like at the top of what we like talk about why they are that and it was fantastic yeah. um so the job this book is fantastic yeah it's a it's a cream colored cover uh and it's got a a person on the front hauling away giant diamonds but the diamonds are it's all matte except for the diamonds which are a nice shininess and it just elevates the quality of the book into exactly what you think game on rivers would put out the art style all the way through the graphic design is amazing again this is from andre novoa the um now, I'm going to try to say this right because they put the pronouncement on Blue Sky and I'm going to fuck it up and I apologize forever. But, you know, one of our favorite graphic designers in Teach RBG space right now is Guilherme Gontijo. Um, the work in this book, insane. insane. Yeah, really, really, really incredibly strong. I mean, it's it's beautiful to go through this book. It is definitely like... Um, it is definitely a love letter to like graphic design and tabletop RPGs. Like, it's really quite nice it's still very readable um i wouldn't say it's yeah. like a full like complete art book but it is like no uh very very high-end graphic design 
Yeah, no, it's still a, it's definitely still a book, but the way that they do the design throughout and, and just the style of the design is really fantastic. What's funny, not what's funny, one thing is when I um, first saw the previews of this, when Games I'm Never Just Posting It, mm -hmm. I think I even literally commented like, I, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, that looks like Gontillo's work. And then I was like, oh, that is Gontillo's work. Because it looked like, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, one of Gontillo's games, it's called Blurred Lines. Mm -hmm. um it's mm -hmm. it's got a, a similar vibe to it um so it looks uh it definitely is reminiscent of this but this is this is great so why don't we why don't we get into it and uh, yeah. show the people how cool this so, is so the job is a heist game right it's about you're yes. running a heist are you a heist game guy uh, ryan i'm not I, i'm not here's okay. the thing i i i hate heists um, okay and uh but i like this game because what I don't like about most heist games is it, to me, I don't know. It, I, I feel like it's very difficult to do a heist game without doing a railroad um, in that, like, at any point, the GM could just be like, oh, 10 guards come in, you're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it never feels earned. It always just feels and it all feels kind of the same. Oh, you have to get past the surveillance and fight one set of guards. But like, you're still going up in the building. Like, it, it's this thing that I just don't really enjoy. And obviously, I'm not a fan of Blades in the Dark. Um I think that's that's it. I like a lot of the forged in the dark <laughs> I was like, games. I thought there was going to yeah. be an addendum no, on that. I, I I don't like the flashback mechanic of like the heist thing. I think that Duskwall is a fucking awesome setting, and it's very weird to just do weird heist stuff in like a setting full of like magic turn of the yeah. century stuff to just be like let's just do heists with flashbacks um i think it'd be better as a standard rpg mm -hmm. setting so no, to answer your question no i generally don't like heists but okay. the way that the, the job does but what do you like about them not the I job like, what do you like about a regular I, ass I, listen i like the whole flashbacks thing i'm a big i love oceans 11 um and if you're listening to this right now and you're like hunter you have terrible taste i don't care what you think um oceans i think sometimes movie. just uh, yeah, I think sometimes it just make enjoying a movie makes it good. Um, yeah. I really like Ocean's Eleven. Like I, 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 I like the um, and the job does this really well uh, as we go through it. Like the crew dynamic. Like yeah, you have a grease man, you get the pickpocket, you get the con artist, and they all fill their little roles. I find it enjoyable. Um, I like Blades in the Dark more than you, but I wouldn't say that I love it. I do really like this game. But my question is. What other game than the job does a good crew heist thing? Oh, five E. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> hey, listen, the golden age is over. You know. Oh yeah, it's definitely not the dumbest take I've ever heard. But um, yeah, yeah. So there aren't a, a ton of heist games, um, but there should be. Do more. Make more heist yeah. games. I just think that any games that are really doing heists, most of them don't do heists well and rely too much on um, a manipulation of rules as opposed to rules that support the heist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's like a lot of combat whole... games that do that yeah. a lot that have like a sneak mechanic. You know what I mean? That's about it. I like the the idea of man, like giving the player characters like ownership over part of the narrative to where they can manipulate it. Um, so you know, yeah. So, Something. 
again, the caveat to saying I don't like heists is I don't like them because of all the reasons I just said. I mm. love, I would love yeah. to run the job because yeah. it does all the things that I just said. So let's let's hop in and take a peek and kind of dig through this. So again, the cover, gorgeous piece of graphic design, but again, the cover of the actual book with with that, you know, the 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 different treatment on the diamonds definitely has an elevation, but how how clean and beautiful is that? Yeah. Definitely hits you with a lot of that like late 70s, early 80s graphic design vibe the whole way through. Definitely um, lends to the like the original Ocean's Eleven, the original Italian Job vibe. I'm thinking you know? of it, it. Also, kind of reminds me of. Oh gosh, I'm not thinking the Pink Panther, but like something for there's something animated from that like time period that also does this very like kind of like big block color. Um, is it? Yeah, I don't know. Something well, and the whole. And and the design too to help to to talk to the audience just a little bit. It's all like it's also solid colors. Like it's solid colors, mostly shapes. You know, a lot of like straight lines, um, or like one big solid curve on the sun. But it, it's it's a specific style you have to check out. But as soon as you see it, you go, oh okay. And then even the the page on the inside, I love this too with the guy sneaking towards like the little diamond and all of the blocks. But that's like the dice going around, which we get to. Such a great piece here. Um. And then we get to The Job, uh, a game of glorious heists and everything that can go wrong in them. Uh, from Games Omnivorous. Seriously, uh, this 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 feels like a small thing that they kind of threw out at the end of the year. And I love it so much. Like, Yeah. I definitely think it... Pro- I feel like... I mean, I know people are aware of it, but I think it deserves more noise around it. Um, I wonder... I also... I kind of wonder... To a little bit, and then me, I'm totally wrong, and you can tell me if I am Andre, but I kind of feel like Andre usually does a lot of like the production, the behind the scenes stuff, and really puts something out. And I kind of almost wonder if he's just like, oh, it's just my thing. I don't really need to push it too hard and just kind of like put it out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it definitely deserves, uh, deserves more. So credits and acknowledges page, obviously concept and running Andre Nouveau, like we said, graphic design, Guillermo Gantijo, art stolen from the public domain, editing and proofreading by Walton Wood, fantastic editor. Um, there's some playtesters, some special thanks, especially to uh, Andre Tavares and Emma Acosta for the incredible feedback. Uh, Emma Acosta does, does some great word, uh, work. Check them out as well. Um, and acknowledgement, I really like this because there's a... a um, Kind of a ludology of game design. Fiasco for the cinematographic story game design. Um, Dread for the tumbling block tower. Yeah. Ten candles for the minimalist character creation. Apocalypse world for the 2D6 narrative system. It's not a PBTA game. Um, Leverage for the heist theme. Honey heist for the minimalist heist themed RPG. You know, I've never even read Honey Heist. I'm a huge fan of I actually was thinking that when I read this. Yeah, yeah, I haven't read either. <laughs> the bear is always at the top of itch, and I just haven't got around to it. And I own so much Rowan Rook and Deckard and Grant Howitt stuff mm. that I really just need to read it. And then there's a huge list of of movies um, that uh, some really really good movies on this list. Bangers, so. yeah. Thomas Crown Affair, Ocean's Eleven, Italian Job, Inside Man, Inception, Now You See Me, Logan Lucky, Baby Driver, Lupin, obviously Kaleidoscope, yeah. The Asphalt Jungle. Top yeah, there's a lot of really good movies, and there's also Now You See Me. <laughs> yeah. You know what? As a, as I, it makes sense. Like, there's a lot of the heist set up. No, totally. L- no, let it's, me it's, do this, like, magic card that flies around 10 yards thing. It is definitely a heist movie. I just, uh, mm. once, when I was, like, 
I don't know, 22, I went on a date with a girl, like her place, and she I let her pick the movie and she picked the inside job. And I just remember like 45 minutes and we looked at each other and she was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so first printing 500 copies, that's it. That's one thing I love too. It really hits me in that weird douchebaggery part of me that says... Uh, that love small print runs so i can later be like haha mm -hmm. i have one of those you know yeah um, you are you are a, a staunch collector i am yeah i got two of these um so uh moving on to the table of contents which is not hyperlinked um are there bookmarks i actually didn't even look there, there are bookmarks. there are bookmarks but there is, there are no hyperlinks um unless i'm clicking wrong nope no hyperlinks dismiss i don't know what i just did i didn't want to highlight that um this is long enough i think it would be nice to have hyperlinks in here but it's also pretty light the whole way through so whatever it has bookmarks i'll take it um there's a player rules there's a crew section the budget section the preparation section the action and that's all just player rules and then there's a whole referee section which is talking about refereeing the job the escape creating briefs compatibility and the plan sheet so really the rules of the game beginning to end for the most part are only about 23 pages long yeah. Um, and then a lot of really good um, uh, references for the for the referee to to help their side of the of the heist uh, go forward. Um, so it's what like twenty three pages for the rules, but like nine of those are just characters. You know, yeah. it's such a light game, but there's so much it depth is. that can be had in it. It's great. So what is this? This is what I. Here's the thing. I love a what is this way more than like a what is an RPG section. You, there's n the start of movies don't have a what is a movie like <laughs> commercial you know if you're playing an rpg in order rpg is. so what is this the job think... is an rpg boom that's what it is what do you think i was gonna say I, I we've said this several times and i think that there's like an interesting discussion to be had there about like movies don't open with that but i feel like that is like well there's kind of this understanding about what a movie is by it being this ubiquitous experience that we all have watching a movie. Not that everyone's played a tabletop game, but that's just me talking about that thought. So, yeah, but I think we've also talked about the games that need it and the games that don't. Like, that's this is very true. This is not a game that needs it. I'm glad they didn't have it. But yeah. again, I think we've talked over and over again. Mouse Ritter is one of our favorite games. And well, what is a TTRPG section in Mouse Ritter is important because it could be a lot of people's first game. So, right. I think it's, you know, I don't think the job from games omnivorous is going to be a lot of people's first and um especially not the referee that decides to pick this up um but what is this it's a tabletop game you need some people you need some 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 uh dice uh the rules in the book offer guidelines and tools uh the game has a clear objective you pull off a heist you either do it or you don't that's it um but not doing it can be just as memorable so don't worry if you're caught it's a story that counts one of you must take the role of the referee. The referee follows a clear set of procedures. They run the heist for the players and present trouble that may arise. The referee exists to make the story memorable, not to make the players' lives miserable. And that should be in a lot of books. Um, the other players take on the roles of a caper crew. Each of you has a specific role and teamwork is of the essence. Make sure you prepare the heist well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the requirements, I love this page. Like the 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 goggles here with the eyes on yeah. it. Such, uh um 
plan sheet, a crew member sheet, or a piece of paper, 70s funk music, uh, spare paper for taking notes, a bunch of six-sided dice. Um, I, this is interesting. At least 10 of them, and they must have edges circa 15 millimeters and rounded corners. I'm like, that's very specific. Um, but I assume it's because of the stack. It, yeah, you, it's for the yeah. stack. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes got, sense, like, too. It's size dice that are, like, flat all the way to the edges. You're going to stack it to the ceiling. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I was thinking most about the edges. Like, yeah, I guess if it has, like, very cornered, uh, the corners are sharp, it's, like, easier to stack. Your rounded corners are going to slide. So, dice stack is cool. We'll yeah, get there. Oh, yeah. We'll get we'll get to the dice deck. How to read this book with your eyes. Um and a and a I don't know, tenth grade American education, I guess. Is that when they're probably yeah. um players should read the rules for character creation, uh budget, preparation, etc. Referees should carefully read, etc. Um so going through the basics, again, just scrolling down to the bottom real quick to look at the graphic design at the bottom of this page. My goodness, I love the the red yellow theme throughout the entire thing is absolutely mm. stunning, um, and just this quasi poster style with the um, like the guy on the left and everything like that. It really collaging in all of these themes is fantastic. The co- the guard or the cop with the, with like broken glass over it, the upside down bus and stuff. It's just vibes vibes for days. I was gonna say it. We don't we it's a book, so we're not rating vibes this time. But if we were rating vibes, I mean I think the art and this definitely reinforces that like seventies heist vibe um really well. Super well. You feel it the entire time. And not only that, the the actual layout of the book is extremely readable all the way through. Like the font choice, um, the the mostly black on white, or there's never a time there's really like not a harsh contrast in a good way for for reading. So uh, the basics, the game leans into a narrative play style. The heist is described by the referee as much as the players. The game is played through a sequence of scenes, um, and uh, it's really broken up into two styles or to two different phases of play. Um, this is, however, unlike in most narrative games, the job is not complex character arcs. Um, full of interpersonal drama between players, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's mostly about designing a ridiculously memorable heist and attempting to beat the game because this is a TTRPG. You can win or lose. Um, it's, it takes about three hours, um, uh, one and a half for each section. So the first is a preparation phase. Players receive a brief, which we'll go over later, detailing the location um, that they're robbing, the object they're stealing, and their budget and six known complications. And then... The preparation phase is them planning out 12 scenes across to, to uh, that um, deals with those six complications uh, throughout uh, the preparation phase. And then basically you hand that detailed plan to the referee who has been listening the whole time and taking notes on what could go wrong. Um, you hand that to the referee and that is in the preparation phase. Um And then you go to the action phase, and that's where the referee actually guides the players through the scenes that they had planned out. um, And there are going to be dice rolls based on on, um, character abilities and things that happen throughout. Um, And then there is the dice stack, which which will surprise you with a little bit. Um, And that takes about another hour and a half. So it's a three hour game total. Would love to play this. Can't wait. Just it's just how do you do this digitally unless you have one elected dice stacker? You know, which is fine. Well, yeah, I think that's the, you know, that's that's the answer. Um, yeah. But I think you could definitely do it. Yeah. 
I mean, it really comes down to that's it. It's like you just the only reason you have to be together is for the dice. So, I mean, that could also be part of character creation is like who's got the steady hands, quote unquote, and like you get to be the stacker, you know. Um, then we get to the crew. The crew. Um, <clears throat> the crew. Uh, you're after the good stuff: gems, diamonds, gold bullion, a Picasso painting, Fabergé eggs, the cre- the queen's crown. Uh, nothing short will do. Uh, you live fast, you think fast, you move fast. The one thing that scares you is getting caught. Not because prison, per se, you could pull off an escape anyway, but because of the endless shame. Uh, creating characters, pretty simple, right? Uh, you're going to choose uh, from one of the eight available roles. Uh, there's no repeating roles, which uh, I do love that. Uh, print the respective sheet. Choose the name and appearance. Study your role stunts and make sure you use them during the heist and start playing. Uh, where are the sets? Also, in the center, another great, like, very collage oh. like, 70s, like, movie poster. Everyone's standing. Someone's got a gun out. Very, uh, implies a lot of action. Um, and it looks great. I also, um, I really like the, um, there's a lot of times throughout this section where they have these, like, asides in the book where, that are this, like, cursive writing, and I feel like it's a really good change of pace that also adds to it, but, like, that thing that says, print the sheet or don't, and there's a whole explanation on, like, it's literally so simple, you have to write down, like, four things, so if you don't want to print the sheet, like, you don't have to, which is great, but those little asides, I think, are so, like, vibey, too, because it's in this cursive, like, handwriting, it almost looks like someone took the book and, like, wrote a note in it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. You got the official heist info and a little note written by your like a contact or you know. Um, but yeah, where are the stats? Um, so there aren't traditional stats in this game. Um, the the stuff you do is pretty much defined by stunts and inventory. Um, so you need to be aware of what those are and like how to use them in a heist. Um, this design choice has two reasons. Uh, this game is meant. Oh yeah, that's right. This game is meant for one shots. It's not like a you're not building a character long term. Um, the second, uh, a big part of the um, game is the preparation phase, phase uh, which replaces traditional character creation with planning the heist itself. Having them both uh, would add too much time to this game. Imagine if you like had to like spend like an hour building a character, and then the preparation phase is an hour and a half, and then um, yeah. It's much better and much more lightweight for what this is. Yeah. And this is when we get to character creation, like we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more, but like I, this is what I was talking about in the beginning, where it's like, this is a game designed to do this versus a game that you can try to do this in. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. need to know a dex and a strength and all that sort of stuff. Because do you know the dexterity of Frank of was, is it Frank Ocean, Johnny Ocean, Tim Ocean? What's his name? Uh, Frank Ocean is is uh, the artist. Is Danny Ocean or Daniel? Danny Ocean. Ocean that's what uh, it is. But do, now I'm only going to call him Frank Ocean. So <laughs> yeah. do we do we need to know his dexterity or his strength, or do we just need to know what he can do? Yeah, no, because they have a grease man for all the dexterous stuff. You know exactly, and that's, um, but that's what he can do. And none of these people are superheroes. So I love that. There's no stats. Who cares about any of that crap? Just tell me what you can do. What what can you do for me? You know what I mean? Like, what 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 can you bring to the job? So, what do they bring to the job? Um. So, let's How we're gonna pot- read through one character. Let's do the pickpocket. Um, fourteen is on the page. Okay. But the art. I mean, so, if we want to stop and just look at the art as we scroll my through, gosh. um, the animal the character handler. art is really very yeah. good. 
Well, and we could also just do like a quick like what like what each one is and then go fully over one so yeah, people know what yeah, all the classes are. So yeah. um, the animal handler – also, the names are going to be very indicative. Um, yeah. But I'll read the little blurb because they're good. Yeah. Uh, you're the tiger king, the dog whisperer, the ultimate bear wrangler. You speak in animal and you know how to train them for grandiose heists. People see you as an eccentric, but who isn't really? Um, and then there's a quote, I believe in integrity, dogs have it. Um, <laughs> and it says, so wash your hands on the character art. <laughs> it's like petting, like, is that a gator? Uh, yeah, he's petting a, a gator belly. Yeah. <laughs> Just says, wash your hands next to it. Um, so good. But funny, hey, you listen, know, this reptile is the, spread E. coli, man. This is the one character class that stood out to me. Um, in the heist, because I would have never thought about having an animal handler in the heist, but it totally, I mean, it totally works. Um, it totally works. And I'm sure that it's in one of the heist movies that I haven't seen. That I'm not um, thinking of. Yeah, yeah, totally. But of all the ones, like, you're right. Like, I was, when I got to this as the very first one, I was just like, well, I think they're alphabetical, I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, but um, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But also, that's awesome. Like you could just like pull a mouse out of your pocket and have it go run an errand. Like that's dope. Yeah, it's a very good idea. I liked it a lot. Definitely not within my own head canon of heist, but I'm like, oh, maybe I'll add that to my internal heist head canon. Uh, the good. next one is going to be the boss. Um, this is your your Frank Ocean. Uh, the boss. Frank Ocean. Um, you pull the oh, strings, boy. call the shots. You dress well, talk well, and seduce well. You are all the Danny Oceans, Frank Ocean, of the world. Uh, scotch on the rocks, an ace up the sleeve. People like you, uh, even if they don't. Uh, 13 million and you drive this piece of shit to pick me up. I've been saying um a lot today. I can tell I'm sleepy. Dude, That's a sign of me I, being sleepy. I have a card here that reminds me not to say um all the okay, time. I still say it all right the fucking now. time. Um, the boss is cool. I think their big stunt, everyone gets four and we'll, we'll go over one more in detail, but the boss's big stunt is that they can get you one ridiculous piece of transportation, not a car, but literally like a helicopter or a fucking jumbo jet or some shit like that. That's like the one thing that they, they bring everything together, but they also, they get that one big fucking, that one big thing, the helicopter, you know, the tank, it's just always yeah. a tank, the tank. Yeah. The bruiser. You're a thug, a hooligan, a mean machine. Working as a bouncer is not exactly your dream job, nor beating punks for the local mafia. So here you are, taking orders, making millions, and crushing bone. Let me stop you right there. Literally. I love the the don't touch her across there. Yeah. I can tell you right now, though, like when you think of the bruiser in a heist movie, who do you think of? I think the bruiser in a heist movie... I don't know who yeah, you one person right one person immediately comes into my head. It's that one it's that one British dude who was like an ex soccer player who like doesn't talk in like fast like the um like gone in sixty seconds, but he's in like all of them as like the oh, guy that beats everybody right. up. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent the dude that will yeah, always pop my head. Gone in sixty seconds since I was like a child. Um you know, I've I've it's fine. Nick Cage. Yeah, I love, I love that caged. weird blonde Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love how in every Nick Cage movie, he's always like, it's time to get caged, you know? Uh, <laughs> okay, next. I visited, uh, have... I visited his uh, 
his uh, grave, future grave in New Orleans. That's oh cool. yeah. yeah. Do you know yeah, that guy the, uh, is is a Coppola? Crazy? A Coppola? Yeah, like Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, oh, uh, Coppola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Coppola, like the yeah. nephew or some shit of, of yeah. one of them. Yeah, he's yeah. like a a yeah. Yes, but super random 30 second aside uh, in New Orleans, you can't bury people because it's too wet and the coffins just bob up to the top of the surface. That's not the reason. No, it is. It's vampires. Yeah. Well, you also vampires. Yeah. But so everything is mausoleums down there. So when you go on tours, you can actually tour through the mausoleums. Uh, um, Freaking Nick Cage has a pyramid as a future mausoleum for him. And when he was bankrupt, he lost everything except for his fucking pyramid mausoleum because it can't take it away from you because there's some law about like death stuff or whatever and now he's like got a tons of money again um but yeah you can go visit his future pyramid gravesite in a new orleans mausoleum graveyard i, I respect his eccentricity you know oh, hardcore yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one so of my favorite episodes artists. of community <laughs> the con artist uh Confidence games, schemes, ripoffs, scams, and stratagems. Uh, fake passports, fake bills, and fake IDs. Multiple identities, endless connections. This is where you thrive. In these waters, you're the shark. Catch me if you can. This is a good one. I always really like a con artist. I like a I like a likable liar. You know. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. genius. Uh, you were the brightest in your class. At age 10, you hacked into your school teacher's computer. At age 14, you hacked into, uh, into the government database. People seem petty and trivial to you. Uh, limited, one might say. Pull the plug on that laptop and we're all dead. It's your little hacker, hacker character. You know, as much as I love playing a wizard... The like real world equivalent of being like a genius hacker does not ever appeal to me quite as much, you know, like you'd think like that. I feel like that's the most comparable thing to a wizard when you're playing like a more grounded, a realistic game is like a genius hacker. Um, but like, uh, no, you don't think so? When, if I if if I was playing a grounded game, like because when I think of wizards more than anything, <laughs> like. Either my mind goes to, like, dark warlock occult bullshit or goes to just fucking weird old dude that collected too much weird old shit. Like, I mm -hmm. think of the wizard from, like, the Sword in the Stone when he goes and he's, like, bumbling and shit's, like, popping all over the place. So it would be, to me, it would be more of, like, a like an eccentric collector. You know what I mean? Did you say the wizard in the Sword of the Stone? It, like, Merlin? Yeah, that guy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just like such a like yeah, you know that one obscure wizard, yeah. <laughs> Merlin. That one guy. I don't know if you've heard of him before. He uh, <laughs> from this old story. Um, actually, also a pretty decent show. Um, great. God, that's such a fucking yeah. Um, I feel like it's one of those uh sci-fi underrated series. You know, that was on Sci-Fi, right? Oh, you're talking about the show where he's young and shit. I never yeah. finished it, but it was really good. I really yeah, like what they did a, with it. It's a pretty, like, it's not, like, groundbreaking, but the whole time through, you're like, this is pretty good. So. Yeah, it took me an episode or two to be like, oh, that's not Giles from Buffy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I watched multiple seasons of it. It was, it was yeah. actually, yeah, underrated and really good. Yeah. Uh, the Grease Man. Uh, you were once an Olympic medalist or a circus acrobat or a failed stuntman. No one really knows. 
Uh, to be honest, no one really cares. You squeeze in the tightest spaces, and that's what matters. Uh, can anyone get me out of here? Love the grease man. Yeah, um, this is dope. probably the pickpocket's my favorite, but this is my second favorite. Um, oh, I just so like we're gonna, being we're gonna... the weird, oh. nimble guy, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because some of his stuff, like the boneless one and stuff, like if you can explain it, you can pop out of any piece of furniture. <laughs> like, in, like uh, oh, I, I feel like the, the Grease Man in uh, one of the Eleven movies, I think, was it? Where the, it's always the, little, the same guy. The little Asian guy, like, packed yeah, himself into he's a box. All of them. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, the first one's when he gets into the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, he's a great Grease Man. Yeah. On to the pick pocket. Huh, interesting. On to the pickpocket. Um, your grandma once lost you in the mall, and when you came back with three, uh, and you came back with three wristwatches. Uh, five years later, your BFF's mom's diamond necklace vanished. Everyone blames you, and they were right. Here you are. Uh, now you see it. Now you. That's the quote. Oh, oh uh, yeah, that's uh -huh. that, that's a whole uh -huh. thing. That's right. That's right. Um, do you want to go ahead and go through this one? Because it's the one I want to go through. Yeah, do you want me to read it? Yeah, go for so, it. So, uh, yeah, character sheet. Um, this is this is pretty much what you get for the character sheet. So you get it's that little so blurb at the top. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's got that got them at the top. You get you write down your name, you write down your appearance, and the, there are four stunts that you get, and you get all of them. You can use them, and most of the stunts throughout each one, a lot of them give you. It's a little bit different. But a lot of them give you kind of like two for the action phase and two kind of like bigger, almost like meta or preparation phase things. Um, and then at the bottom of each one is the same kind of like briefcase with four items because the inventory is important. And I really like that through. But for the pickpocket, the four stunts you get, one is pickpocketing. So you get advantage in actions that involve stealing a small object from any target, particularly when the target is in close proximity or bodily contact, which is perfect for the pickpocket. Um, steal, I'll get to that one next. Let me do safe cracking. Advantage in actions that involve delicate tasks like picking locks or complex mechanisms, setting up detonators or tinkering with delicate equipment and the likes. Then there's magic tricks, which I thought was interesting for the pickpocket. Um, I felt like this was a little bit more of a con man thing, but it makes sense for this guy. Magic tricks is choose a magic trick, um, cards, dice, or even sawing someone in half. Whenever you perform it, you have advantage to impress and, and stall an entire audience. And then the final one, and I love this, is steal the stack. Once during the action phase, if the stack, which we'll get to, if the stack reaches six or more dice, you may steal one die from it. If the stack falls, it counts as a collapse. Narrate your intervention. Love it. It's great. One of my other favorite moves because um, I, I love the meta aspect of it too. If we go back to the bruiser, um, they have a move called um, Happy Birthday Punk. Once during the action phase, you may blow on the dice stack and remove all dice that fall from the stack. And you have to narrate how you intervene to deescalate. So you can literally just back and knock over the whole stack and like potentially save a stack if you can blow hard enough on the dice. It has a really very uh, I, I like I like that you have to narrate it too. Like I uh, like yeah. how oh. the bruiser come how's the bruiser come through and de-escalate? It's like well yeah. the way a bruiser does, you know. 
that's one thing that's through all of these stunts that like outside of the ones that are like advantage to this specific thing in a scene any of the ones that are a little bit more meta like that or or involve like a little bit kind of like pulled back lens always say narrate it narrate it narrate it and throughout the whole yeah. book there's this there's this thing that says the players like tell the story just as much as the referee and like they're the ones coming up with everything they're doing it and pushing it so like i really enjoy that this has a really interesting one um called uh what's happening here um same kind of thing once during the action phase uh if one of the crew is in trouble you may appear out of the blue in that scene and take over the situation describe how you got there (laughs) it's so good I do, I do love though when we get later in the book, there are like kind of there are still rules that apply to that where like it can't be, like it it can't be out of the blue. You can't in the previous scene say that like you weren't even in the building and suddenly be in the building. There still has yeah. to be some type of through line. But I love that like there's not really like if it's one of your stunts, you don't have to roll for it to suddenly just like be there. You can be like, well, I'm doing that, but it makes sense because I was like next door in the last scene or something. It's I, it's so good. Um, was that the last? Yeah, I think no, we're still the, the, wheel oh, the wheel man. I forgot about yeah. the wheel man. Um, another one that I actually do often in my internal heist, um, a head cannon also forget about the wheel man um do you ever see baby driver yeah hell yeah hell yeah i love baby i haven't driver. seen it actually oh, so oh yeah it's a good movie every person who i say that to is like oh it's really really good um yeah, it, it is a good movie i enjoy it yeah, yeah. uh the wheel man uh, you're the king of the road the traffic lights terror no reds or yellows you see but the greens only one thing turns you on and that's the smell of gasoline baby rumor has it you pour it on your coffee need a ride i i miss the smell of gasoline i really do mm. you notice you don't do smell you? anymore yeah i do i love the smell of gasoline i think it smells i love the smell of gasoline mm. yeah ever since they put like all nozzles now have to have that like like the the fume sucker it's really mm. disappointing yeah i mean i mean obviously it's good for our brain cells but it smells it smells good so uh the next part this is uh so the crew is one this is the budget this is two so the referee tells you your budget for the heist in each heist the value differs i think later on they say that the the kind of standard heist um value is usually around 250k um but uh the things you can get are extravagant gear common crap vehicles um that's pretty self-explanatory extravagant gear really goes to the budget common crap you actually don't um a lot of it you don't uh really need to account for uh in the budget um common cheap unremarkable equipment that you always have access to well it's not that you don't have to account for it it's just that you don't have to do anything to get it like in the setup phase if you say i have climbing equipment you just have it versus extravagant gear where like you can't just have a lamborghini you have to explain how you got it um, and then vehicles. So common vehicles are always available at no cost. Oh, so I assume the common crap is no cost then too. Um, extravagant vehicles are not available for purchase. The only way to get a, an extravagant vehicle, specifically jet engine boats, jet planes, submarines, helicopters, tanks, is the boss's stunt that says that. So how does your inventory work and using gear? So each each crew member has four spaces for equipment. You start the game with no equipment. And I love this. It's kind of the same concept as like gear bubbles um, in Troika and et cetera. So during, um, you don't write anything down during the preparation phase or anything like that. But during the action phase, if you need a piece of gear, 
you can just say you have it and then mark it into one of those four slots. So the only way you can't have it is if you don't have the budget anymore for that piece of gear or if you don't have any inventory slots left for that gear. But if you're in the middle of doing something and you're like, oh shit, I need safety goggles, you can just have safety goggles. You just fill it in. And if safety goggles cost, you know, a hundred bucks, you just mark a hundred bucks off the budget. I love that. The the whole concept of kind of, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word that I mean for it. It's not ephemeral, but just like, it's like Schrodinger's gear. It's there, but it's not there. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. I, I love that idea. It's my favorite way to do inventory. Durf does it with supply. Um, the vanilla game does it with gear bubbles. Troika does it with gear bubbles. I just love the idea of of that, how in the inventory works that way. So using gear, gear allows the crew to perform actions that would otherwise be impossible. For instance, you can shoot someone only if you have a firearm. You can see in the dark only if you have night vision goggles. You can communicate with each other only if you have in-ear comms. The referee may give you advantage for having the right gear, but they may also call uh, for disadvantage if you use it wrong. So again, I like the idea. You're not rolling a deck. You're not rolling this. If you have night vision goggles, you see in the dark. That's it. And if you don't, you don't. I love that. It's great. There's a, a price list here. In most games, I hate that. I love it in this. It's it's so necessary. It's The budget is such a huge part of it. So It does, um, yeah. The budget's a whole function. It does, a price list on this one does yes. make a lot of sense. It, it's not a normal TTRPG because I don't care how much a shuffle costs in D&D because, honestly, I'm either going to be able to buy it or just murder you and take it. Like, that's how this game <laughs> is designed. So this is not like that. So, um, and again, I love the the handwriting mind, the budget at the bottom. But I think the cheapest thing on here is maybe like a thousand bucks and it's an electric lighter. Um, but it with the super powerful flame, that's not, that's expensive for an electric, for, for that's a lighter. a crazy lighter. But um, an EMP bomb. I, I like the bomb, EMP bomb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A million dollars. Yeah. Um, I think the most expensive thing after the the million dollars is is there some fifty thousand dollars stuff on here? There's a hundred fifty k for uh, the hologram tech for yeah. one fifty. But then you're looking at things like military drones and and invisibility cloak for a hundred thousand. You know, so there's some crazy shit. But your budget's blown if you have that stuff. Um, but I like that they there's a there's encouragement throughout to get fucking ridiculous, and I enjoy that. Um, so the preparation. So the referee will slide you the brief. So the brief is an object, a place, the budget, and the complications. There's an example brief here that says the Mona Lisa is the object, the place is the Louvre, the budget is 200k, and her complications. I'm not going to list all six, but they're, for example, security cameras are on all floors, um, overseen by two officers in a control room. That's a whole. That's one of six complications. Uh, triple glass ceiling dome in the hall of the Mona Lisa. That's number two. Uh, door pressure alarms in the in the painting. Hall. Like 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 the whole like um, you know uh, Catherine Zeta Jones dips beneath lasers kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's a thing. Um, complications overview. Complications are obstacles, but they also hint at how things are done. I really love this part. So it you can really. Um, kind of guide the heist a little bit by saying, oh, there's like four patrolling guards or whatever. Usually that's going to be nighttime. Uh, if there's metal detectors and bystanders, usually that's going to be daytime. So you can kind of in the way that you write the brief, um, either guide or just be aware of how you write the brief. Um, so there's consistency in the way that it's done, because the way you write your complications can really determine a, like the kind of like starting base for for how the entire heist is going to be done. Um, really a lot of the time between day and night. And if you're around people or not around people. So I really enjoy that part. Um, 
So uh, there is a thing in red here that says, however, don't be afraid of putting yourself in unnecessary trouble when you're writing the whole preparation phase, right? Be realistic to a point, get weird with it, but it's okay to let it get close to 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 be in a really tough situation that you're gonna have to roll yourself out of later. That's that's it's fun. Don't forget it's supposed to be fun. Um I I can kind of see the like people doing it the first time and being a little bit more reserved, but as they realize kind of right. how it goes the second or third time, it's you know you just want like those people... sweaty moments. You want to be between a rock and a hard place and be like, you know, I gotta maneuver my way through, you know? Yeah. Cause what's the worst that's gonna happen is you're gonna you're gonna fail a roll, um, get a add dice to the stack and and you know, have to narrate your way out of it, which is fu- which is fine and fun. Um yeah. the one of the last no, things. No, not my table. Here... In my table, if you mess up, I actually straight hit you in the face. So Yeah. And if we'll just kill you. That's, yeah, every uh, one damage that my, my characters take in our games, that's one punch they receive. Yeah, that's one real life damage. Um, yeah. How many HP do you got IRL, buddy? So um, I do like the very last part of this page says, don't shy away from the outlandish, the sillier, the better, um, and the most intricate, creative, and complex the heist is, or the more, the uh, the funnier it will be to play it. Um, So great. First of all, I know we, we've kind of stopped talking about the graphic design on the page, but like the layout of, of the page throughout, I love the note, the brief is written on a note, but the next page, the primer page, it's like half black, half yellow. Um, really, really enjoy the the split between the two um, and the, again, black, yellow, red vibe all the way throughout. I feel like there's this, um, like from this point on, there's still some pages that are like white background, the majority of it, that have text over it, but from this kind of point on it really takes us like big colors on the entire page um yeah and it works really well um yeah but it's interesting it's like it's not until you get into like the preparation it's like okay now flip now it's like all these colors everywhere and a yellow background black background that's i think i think i mean i'm sure it's intentional you know it uh, is absolutely intentional does great yeah but like having things be kind of straightforward black on white you know very readable very straightforward and then jumping into the weird part of it is like you just say it's such a like flipping it like if i was sitting at the table doing this and i flipped to this page I, my heart rate would definitely go up by a couple and be like all right we're fucking doing it we're fucking doing it's, it it feels like a natural progression yeah it, it's so good and especially and then when we get to the referee page love love that spread so mm-hmm. um because i'm not even looking at this in spreads but like in spreads a lot of this makes a lot of good sense too um so the plan, you come up with a plan, you write it down, there's 12 scenes. Uh, the main rule is that you must include all the complications. So you have to actually address all the six complications. Um, and generally you try to have like one or two scenes address each one. Um, and then there are, they do a good breakdown of like the stages of like when you should be doing things. And there's one, two, three, there's four stages. There's an infiltration stage, which is usually scenes one and two, which is actually breaking in. There's a deployment stage, scenes three through six where you're getting people and stuff in all the right places. Um, infiltration, it says choose one complication to deal with here. Um, uh, deployment says choose two. Execution is seen seven through 10. Um, you're actually executing the heist and there's two complications here. And the escape is seen 11 through 12. Um, and you should choose your fat last complication here. But I do love the, the instruction at the top of this. It says to facilitate formulating the plan, follow this structure, but this is flexible. Use it only if it makes planning easier. Discard it if it becomes a hindrance. I, I love that. Um, yeah, 
and then uh, the scenes primer. So these are kind of like rules for the scene. So each crew, each crew member has to appear in two scenes, has to. Um, multiple characters can appear in the same scene, while some scenes can be performed solo. Each scene must describe one explicit course of action or intention. A single sentence is enough, clearly identifying the crew member their action. So every you can't just have a scene where like nothing really happens. Everything has to progress the story. All complications, all six complications have to be dealt with. Um, uh, you don't forget to world build as much as you want. Um, you don't need to ask the referee. And this is, I think this is going to be the hardest part for players, especially people with D&D &D brain, um, is you don't have to ask the players. You build the world. So it says specifically is don't ask the referee, is the vault directly linked to the police, to the police's alarm system? Um, or how many security guards are in the surveillance room? You pick. You can just say, oh, mm -hmm. you know what? Like the vault actually is linked to the police's alarm system because that's fun and interesting and exciting to get around. So um, if, if you were if you're with players who are, are especially in the like 5e D&D brain of just like feed me the story so I can make a role. I think that's going to be the hardest part for people. And I think yeah. in, uh, like early people of refereeing needed to be like, you're building the world. You decide, you decide, you decide, you tell me the story, you decide. Um, and I think this is a great game to try to help people break out of D&D brain. Um, think, okay. Cinematographically, that word is used like four times and it's just a big, long word and I love it. It's great, but it's, it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Super great. Um, think, think, think like a movie script, um, use gear eccentrically and extensively get crazy. Use a helicopter. Uh, crew members can appear in a place only if there's a logical reason for them to do so. Use some actions performed in previous scenes. That's what I was saying with like those random like pop out of furniture shit. Um, and the scenes must be written down in a plausible timeline with no flashbacks. No flashbacks. Thank you, Andre. Um, and the last scene is Apotheosis of the Grand Escape. That's it. Um, I like the setup scenes. That's the next part. Did you? Are you a big fan of the setup scenes? I, I enjoy them. I believe so. The concept. I, I can't remember. I had a thought when I was reading this last night. And I can't remember what it was. All right. Um, well, let me tell little, you all my about... My brain's a little mushy right now. Let me tell you all about setup scenes and see if it picks it back. So this is optional, but I would definitely use it. So it says basically at the start yeah. of the action phase, you can do like the pre stuff for it. So there's like tropes involving setup. So specifically like practicing something like the bruiser beating up some guards or whatever. There's reconnaissance, which is like actually like watching the guards movements and writing down notes and stuff. It's all the stuff like you, you get the crew together and then you go out and prepare for the the actual heist these are called setup scenes so it's kind of between the preparation and not um you can I hack remember. the building also i would yeah. absolutely do this sorry my brain is much yeah. but it took me a while i i was immediately thinking of um of i think it is actually oceans 11 when they do like the practice like robbery of the safe that they build and then they play that footage for like as they're actually robbing the real safe um yeah, yeah. so good um yeah um, I really like, so disguising yourself as hired staff makes sense. The not enough dough is funny where it's like, you only have a budget of 200,000, but you need something that costs more. So you can just do a pre-scene where you steal the thing that you need, which I think they do in one of the oceans movies too, where they do steal like an EMP or some shit like they that. They do. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it says why these scenes, um, it's because it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. You can set up stuff so that it makes sense later. Like there might be times where it, it would be hard to make the action go from et cetera, et cetera, et cetera throughout, or you might need like a weird, interesting piece of equipment. So it makes a lot more sense when you get to one of the example ones, there's a part where, um, in the setup scene, one of the guys like has an interaction with like 
a, a housekeeper or a janitor or something. And then during the heist, suddenly, like, the janitor pops out and it's that guy. And it's like, oh, during the setup scene, he put himself in that place. So that's cool. The only part about this that I think is 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 interesting and I think um, I would be just a little fuzzy on is there's heat that you can get from setup scenes. So you can actually mm. start the game with dice in your stack already if some of your setup scenes might bring heat to the crew. But I, it, it, there's not a really solid explanation for when it would and when it wouldn't. It says, depending how hard or realistic each setup scene is, the referee will decide if this brings heat. Um, the referee evaluates each scene one by one. The initial dice deck starts with that. There's not really an example here of that. And later, like they do, they talk about some setup scenes and then say like, there's three dice with it, but like not which ones did and why. So I think like super easy stuff. I don't know if it would bring a lot of heat, but maybe like stealing something beforehand, I would definitely give heat to. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, um, the, yeah, I like that type of disc- to discretion, but I think maybe some more parameters laid out would be nice. Yeah, um, I don't think it, I don't think it's necessarily that hard. And you can kind of pick and choose. Like I don't yeah. mind. Like I think maybe even just like one specific example of like what is heat and what's not heat would be really really nice. But um, but it's not. I don't. It's not by any means breaking whatever. Um. So. Next, there's an example plan, and I love the fact that there's an example plan through this. Um, do you want to talk about the example plan? Uh, yeah, right. we're robbing the fucking Louvre <laughs> in yeah. Paris. We're stealing the Mona Lisa. Um, yeah, so that starts with a budget of uh, 200000 which I I did not deep dive the referee section nearly as hard as I should have, but I believe that that's like fairly like considerable for a budget. Uh, uh, I think the standard, the average is 250k. 50, right? So it's just a 250, 250. It's 250. Oh, yeah, so it's a little light. I do like that this example is a continuation of the example like earlier. It's the Mona Lisa yeah, and the Louvre. It's the same yeah, one yeah, yeah, and the yeah. same complications, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So who we have a boss, a con, art- con artist, uh, a grease woman, a genius, and a bruiser. They all have names. Um, the best one's Amazing Jenny. Um, just because yeah. that's a that's a good name. Uh, yeah, has examples of the setup scene. Uh, Monsieur Gerard sends a guard to the hospital and takes his job at the museum. Uh, Livingston uh, devises a special surveillance system. It is, of course, engineered to make cameras go black by removing a small electrical circuit. Um, Rit sets up a meeting uh, with the museum director to sell her a new surveillance system. While there, he performs a magic trick with a cleaning staff member. Uh, Amazing Jenny practices a, with a replica of the painting. Uh, Georgina pulls a few strings to secure a helicopter. That's right, because Georgina's a boss. So there's like, yeah, I got a tank. A tank is going to land on the roof. Mm. Um, yeah, and then it goes through uh, the job um, scene by scene, and it, it breaks up between uh, infiltration deployment, the kind of like standard framework that you, is optional yeah. to use. Form framework, uh, yeah. It's a good example. It's a great example, and I really love that they like specifically highlight like in which in the what you're supposed to do, which is like in the preparation, because you would write all this down and hand it to the referee. They specifically say in scene two, we're going to address complication one in scene um, 11. We're going to address complication two. So it's not that everything has to be done in order, which is which is really cool. I, I, I this is such a great, great example. And also. How about the fucking graphic design on this? Like this clipboard mm. with like the half tone on it? It's actually a little clipboard. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The example stamp on it. Yeah. Example. So good. Um, um, the action. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the referee picks up the plan uh, and runs the scenes one by one. This part should take an hour and a half, with each scene lasting no more than five to ten minutes of play. Uh, a wobbly dice stack uh, instills tension, and that's fair. Um, when to roll. The referee tells you when you should make a roll. Typically, this happens when your crew member does something risky, like climbing a smooth surface or fighting someone. Um, follow the referee's lead. Actions. Uh, simple actions automatically succeed, which, thank you for writing that down. I always appreciate it. It's like, yeah, simple stuff, but more complicated actions. It's a 2D6 system, and it works like a 2D6 system. Um, yeah, so 2 6 uh Fail, uh, improvise an alternative action, and add dice to the stack, which is on the next page. Uh, seven to nine, the action's action succeeds, but you must take a setback, which is on page 28, not inline hyperlink. Um, uh, or uh, add dice to the stack, your choice, except in the escape sca- stage when you must add dice. And then 10 plus is just a success, and then you may remove one die from the stack. Um, advantage and disadvantage crew members get advantage by calling um a stunt or using appropriate gear that's pretty much all you have as a character in this game um the referee imposes disadvantages whenever they see whenever fitting (laughs) it's just like all the time um yeah advantage you roll three uh ignore the worst uh disadvantage you roll three ignore the best um also like that's a funny way to word it just of all of our examples of advantage and disadvantage. But I'm like, Oh yeah, that's like, you're right. That is uh that's, that's, that's that is. It's a very clean way that instead of writing in multiple senses, like, yeah, it's good. That's it. So. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy in the core mechanic of the game that there's never a time where like, there's not an option to add or take away from the stack. The stack is ever present because mm-hmm. even on the mixed success part, you have to decide to either take a setback or just add to the dice. So there's always a choice. You're either putting a dice on, you're either t- taking the dice off or having to choose, which is m- the most likely outcome between narrating like a setback. You succeed, but have a setback. And th- that's really important. I think a lot of people in 2D6 that really gets them hung up is partial success, which I, I'm not a fan of. It's it's mixed success. Partial success means like you don't do what you wanted to do all the way, which mm. I disagree with. It's what this says is what makes sense to me. The action succeeds, but there is also it's not yeah. it's not kind of it's yes, but yes. Um, but. And I yeah, really like absolutely. that they specifically put in here. They specifically say the action succeeds, but so this very specifically says like you still get to do what you do, but other shit happens. Um, and I really I really like that. That's that's my favorite mechanic because seven and nine. You're, you're you'd get to do what you want to do you do punch that guy in the face but you know another dude comes in behind you you know you but you break your um, hand when you do it <laughs> yeah um so i really uh there's there's a the the french job they do throughout here with jenny and livingston and all that stuff a great example of play yeah. like it's it's a page and a half of an example of play that you should really read it specifically goes through the dice, why they're rolling the dice, what a setback looks like, what all of that looks like. It's an incredibly well-written example of play. And I love the the red, yellow, white on it. Again, graphically, layout-wise, fucking beautiful. It is visually beautiful. incredibly appealing to read through. It is also a really good example. And it, it follows a thing that we've talked about previously that I always really, really like when we read through tabletop games is when 
all of the examples follow the same group or same people. And you're just like, it's like this ongoing narrative inside of the game about a group yeah. that, pl- uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why, but I always really love that. Yeah, it's it's so good because you, you feel, I mean, I feel like it creates more engagement with the with the game and with the fiction too because like yeah. you know when you get to the example you're going to hear more of the story like it, it pulls you in a little bit more and it's really really fantastic and they do a great job here they go through multiple scenes in the example scene two scene four scene seven like multiple scenes you get all the way through um and then you get to the dice stack so during the game you'll be asked to form dice stacks each stack starts with zero and you stack as high as you can so you get three stacks of the entire thing um your first stack is a little tension you add one dice each time you're supposed to add dice but once the first stack falls and you get to your second stack every time you have to add dice you have to add two dice to the stack right and then on the third stack guess what you have to add three dice every time to the stack and the only way you win the game is if the third stack is standing, or, or I guess fewer stacks, but odds are not in your favor for that, um, when you get it. So it says, if the third stack does not collapse, the crew is victorious and can enjoy their spoils on some tropical island on the other side of the world with umbrella mojitos and Cuban cigars. Such a good mechanic. Man, like, that third stack, though, and three dice at the time, you're like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, I I mean, that you do it twice, and I'm like, yeah, right. fuck this is going to fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we get to a page here. I, I kind of want to throw this into spreads for a hot second. Um, this is a great page that really, really. Um... Oh, no. I hate when that happens. So it's it's the spreads are off because there's no page in the beginning. You know what I love to do? A lot of times you can just insert a page in the PDF, yeah. but I didn't do that. Um, so we're going to go back to just the uh, single page view. So it's uh, no players beyond this point. So for those listening, spoilers beyond here. This is a referee part. If you uh, if you want to play this game, um, don't listen anymore, but let it play anyway. So we get the we get the thing on our podcast. So great fucking spread here. It's like falling dice. There's police line. There's like a dice stack in the background. Mm-hmm, there's, mm-hmm. you know, the popo. Um, more dice, like a, a plane flying away in the background with someone hanging from the bottom. Like, just a fucking great spread here. Um, and it says, referees only. Don't go past this part. So, real quick run through on the referee. So, refereeing the job. It talks about the brief. Um, creating the brief. We've already talked about the the, the parts of that. The object, the location, budget, complications. It specifically says, go see chapter 7. There's the preparation where it says it's your job to give them the brief and then to listen to what they have to say um, so that you can take notes on where things could go wrong. Your whole job for an hour and a half is just sit there and listen and take notes as a referee. There's a thing at the bottom that says you will need to improvise. Make sure you are comfortable with that. If you're not a good improviser, play this game to get better at it. I'm saying don't not do it, but this is a game to to try to spread your wings a bit. Um, Give details about the physical space the players are in what they see, what they hear, what they smell, how tall the building is, ask for roles whenever it feels natural, make use of setbacks and add interesting complications. A lot of the times with the complications, they're going to come back to bite you later. One of the examples before was um, someone had a mix, so they forgot a screwdriver on a table in a room where they had tied up guards. And then in a later scene, on a the guards, like, use a screwdriver to escape and like come running after you that's an example of like setting up a setback to come back to bite them later in the butt and it specifically says wait a couple scenes and then have that come back so 
um, the action. Pick up the plan and run the crew through the scenes they devised. Um, don't shy away from asking the players um, for help. What color is the building? What does it smell like? Um, when you're running the scenes, interact with the players, ask for roles. Each scene should only take five to ten minutes. Your job through this is to really guide them through the plan that they already had. I think that this is like maybe one of if you are not the most comfortable improvising, but you want to get better. I feel like this is maybe like maybe one of the pinnacle games of like practicing that because there's just such this group narrative thing going on. And mm. like it so clearly establishes like, yeah, just ask the player characters what they think as well. You know? Um, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I was player thinking, character and there's and there's just it's so much less crunchy mathematically that you when you're improvising you have to worry about like oh setting dcs or like stuff like that like you can just it's purely narrative and they're rolling dice to interact with that narrative so you don't have to worry about the weight of like stats and stuff Um, yeah hmm. it's great another reason 2d6 is one of my favorite with very low modifiers is because you don't have to set dcs you don't have to set target numbers you don't have to have that math in your brain at all the target is always what the target is i love games where the target is always the same and maybe Mm. you tweak it a tiny bit but that's it um, like D&D. Anyway. Sure. So uh, running <laughs> scenes, it basically, you know, it, it goes through. It's a really good thing to read through. But if you've read a lot of books, a lot of it is is more reinforcement than anything. Um, dice stack speed is important, though. This is interesting. So it says the first stack will most likely take time to collapse. Maybe four or five or even six scenes. It says this is fine. Don't get stressed about it. The second and third stacks will definitely collapse more quickly. Obviously, you're adding exponentially more dice. So you should probably aim at having the crew assemble the third stack in the last two or three scenes. So you are kind of corralling a little bit to add the tension. Um, in some, the game starts slow and is designed to get abrupt and tense at the end. If you're already in scene six or seven and the first stack did not collapse, think about asking for more rolls because the only way to add dice to the stack is to add more rolls. So if you're if you're not really asking for a lot, pick it up. If the dice are collapsing too fast, slow it down, You know, do that kind of stuff. Um, a section on player roles, it really just goes through when an action succeeds. It specifically calls out yes, but on seven and nine. Um, they do succeed on what they want to do, but you get to add a complication. And then um, the section on um, it failing. And then there's a whole breakdown on like how to build a good setback. There are problems that come back to haunt the players in underlined subsequent scenes. A typical setback would be player getting injured. As you climb the wall, your feet slipped, but you moved on. Later in the heist, remember that climb? You're actually bleeding. Roll with disadvantage. So, like, if something happens, just be like, okay, that happened. And then, you know, maybe throw a little something that might allude to something. Let a couple of scenes pass and then, and then you know, hit them with it. There's a whole referee FAQ page here on how to dealing with setup scenes. Can you refuse the scene? Theater of the mind. How to use gear. What happens? Great page. Read it. It's awesome. Um, another cool spread here with uh, all the eyes and like the making a plan thing. Um, and then to get to the escape, love this part. There's a success or the failure. Um, if the stack does not fall, you win. Good job. You escaped mojitos, Cuban cigars, you know, do whatever you want to do. The (laughs) failure is really interesting. I enjoy this a lot. So if the third, third stack collapses, the heist is over. The game either stops right then or... You can use these rules, which I really enjoy. So you can narrate a chaotic escape. The crew member who made the stack collapse is caught. That's it. Game over. You're done, Joe. Like, you are going to jail. 
Um, but all other players have exactly one minute to write down on a piece of paper what their crew member will do. But whatever they do, it must involve at least one other crew member and players cannot talk to each other during this phase. Love that. Mm-hmm. So when the time is up, players reveal their writings. They now have exactly three minutes to work out a logical story based on what they've written. Select one player to be the spokesperson. When the time is up, the, spokes- the spokesperson explains the escape to the referee who compares it to the notes. If the referee finds inconsistencies, they may send crew members to jail. If the escape and the notes are consistent, all crew members escape and uh, they're free to play the next time. I love the idea that like, you have four people sitting around and if this person says they do this and this person says they do that, like... It, they, they are caught because there's no way that they could tie that into the story. But if somehow player one and player three say they meet up with each other without ever talking to each other and like escape through the window, then it's just like, that's great. You didn't have to talk about it, but somehow you knew. And then it's just gone. I love the idea that like, if it makes sense, sure. And if not like you're fucked, you just get this little chaotic four minutes at the end to maybe, maybe do it. Maybe don't. And I love that the creative writing project guys. <laughs> How the fuck am I getting out of here? What makes sense? Um, there's a whole chapter here on creating briefs. It really it really breaks down the object, the place, the budget. Right here it says the default budget's around 250k. Um, I love this 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 kind of swami looking guy. Um, I think that's I don't know if that's the correct way to say that, but he's got the the hat, the the you know. Um, so search the internet for brochures for real life places and print them out. Give them to the players with the brief so they can pinpoint scenes. I love the idea of handing them a literal folder that actually has like brochures from the Louvre tucked into it and like but like photographs that you can actually print on like print paper, like as if you had really like scouted it out a little bit and, and had it in there, like clipped, you know, people always like flip up one page or whatever and see. That would like, be shit. really if I sat down to play like a heist game and they were like did a real world location and they were like, here's pa-, they brought pamphlets and then like yeah. some photos, I'd be like, this is them i love shit like that yeah. you know create my fucking jeans like it's yeah. like you give me a real dossier that looks like we're really stealing from the louvre that's that's amazing so yeah um there's a whole page here on possible complications i love all of the graphics for these they're amazing they're, they, the graphics are really of really fantastic oh my and god it follows along with the black red and yellow motif and it's just so yeah. like the heat sensor one oh, like, that's so what i was gonna say the same color motif uh, uh, it's so good that I love the dog one too. Like just the slight yeah. angle with the red ear in the back. It's small, but like it's it's great. But like I gotta honestly, say dogs or tigers. Yeah, I I would I I wish that they would give these out as as little tokens or whatever. Because mm. I would literally just be like I slide those off or like put those onto a sheet. These I would rip these right off the fucking PDF and use these just as is. I wish they um, do patches. I wish more non mothership games did patches. You know. Yeah. Dude, even just stickers. So you could literally just have yeah. like a sheet where you put these down as stickers would be fucking amazing. Like uh, Boy Scout badges or whatever. Oh, yeah, dude. If you got this as like I I defeated the reinforced doors and you got like a sticker or a patch or a badge or something like that for doing that, that'd be so dope. I mean, I don't know if it's thematic, but like that's it. Anyway, so there's now there's a bunch of example briefs and my goodness, the layout on these as if they're like movie posters, but with the brief attached to them. Some of the best shit, like, period, in fucking tabletop yeah, not games. Only like, movie posters, but, like, really good ones. <laughs> so good. There's the low-hanging proof. I love it. it. says directed by the referee. And there's even, like, the um, PG-13 here. It says copyright 2023 fake films LLC. Like, 
It's great. So eat. So there's the low hanging fruits. There's the um, fish and golden chips where you're stealing from like the 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 royal family, um, and you get the horns. I uh, really love that one. Um, again, a lot of like halftone um, collage, like poster art in this marble like flesh. Um, get back to Alcatraz. And, uh, and there's a compatibility section. Uh, it just talks about like being able to use this um, as like a mini game within another campaign. Like if you're and you get and being able to use it for like if you want to do this in a dungeon, just switch it up. Like and just instead of having a budget, just have it be the gear that you actually have. But this would be so great. I love the idea of games that use mini games to do something different. Like if you want to do a heist in 5e, just play five or play a different game but like play 5e and when you want to do a heist just stick the job in or another heist game and then go back to the regular thing you know that's how i feel about um oh god what's the what's is it clean spirits yes as like, a, as exactly like a zero session. Session. i'm like that is the most yeah. it's the most perfect game to slide into another game that you're already doing uh yeah but yeah make your game like a this, series yeah. of mini games this is the exact yeah. same thing though it's like you could easily slide this into another game that you're doing and like run a heist with good heist rules yeah it's so good um and then at the back there's there's sheets there's plan sheets there is um your character sheets there's the you can print the the um you know the the crew sheets all that stuff and then um much like a lot of games on nervous stuff it's cc uh, it's Creative Commons 4.0, international license, share, copy, redistribute, all of it. Just give attribution to Games Omnivorous. Um, I also love this when the book tells you the book was designed with the Open Sands 9 slash 11 and the Gas Oak 2732 specimens. Like it gives you like the typefaces and, and stuff like that. I love that. Um, especially like when we're doing promo, I like to like try to use yeah. a lot of the. <laughs> That's exactly the thing. I was like, I know you uh, love that shit because you're making all of our promo. You, it's uh, hard to make it match if you don't know what they're using. Dude, a lot of times I'll literally just straight up like there's there's websites like I'll just I'll just copy copy paste a piece of font and then just go to a website that's like a typeset finder and throw it in and be like, oh, it's, you know, fucking Garamond or some shit, you know. Um, and then there's the back cover, which is also fantastic. I love the people falling down off of the dice stack. It's really great. Um, and, and that's the end of the book. You're after the good stuff, gems, diamonds, gold, bullion, etc. Uh, and the job is a tabletop game, um, where you can win, lose, you prepare and you, uh, you commit a heist. That's it. Fucking. I love game. the ramping up like dice stack, by the way. Like oh. I know we're right there and now I'm just like, I'm thinking like, oh God, like it's like kind of tense and it just progressively just gets way more tense. And then you knock over the first one and you're like, oh fuck. It's like, when well, I add two every time and you're like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> really good really good um all right so first scores oh. of the year clearly i mean it's a book it's a hardcover book i don't care that it's 48 pages this is one of those things that's like zine book that we talked about a lot of time like a zine can be up to like 70 ish pages and still be right. stapled together um and if it's stapled together realistically i guess we're we're, we're reviewing it as is that's the thing if i have a 70 page zine we're doing a book review yeah, you know? if it's 70 pages, I think it's, it's it's we're crossing the book territory. This is like a very lean book, but like this still is in book territory. Yeah, well, and again, it's the fact that it's it also is physically a book as well. Like it kind of it kind of forces itself into that category. So the the 30 to 70 range is going to be a very um 
that's going to be where we're having to like have discussions. I also think about a big thing is like, book. what do the creators call it? Do they call it a zine? You know, <laughs> like oh. oh, well, it says a games omnivorous book. Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like you know, if the if the creators call it a book, then yeah. that also is probably going to. And also, if if we do talk to a creator beforehand that we're going to review their game, like we'll ask. Like we've asked creators before, we're like, this could be a zine. It could. Well, we could do a full book review. What do you want? And they almost always say, I give me the full fucking Monty, you know. And so we do. We give it to them. So, uh, especially if you listen to our year-end review for 2023, um, and if you didn't, go check it out. It's really good. We've been told. Um, I also think that, yeah, we did a good job. Um, apparently, better than last year, someone said, and we really appreciate the the kind words about that. So, uh, we have five metrics uh, for books, uh, 10 points each. Five is bang average, nothing good or nothing bad. Uh, max score of 50, highest we've ever given us, like a 44. Um, we do art and layout, which is just the like layout as in like how it looks, not necessarily how it works. Um, quality, quantity, all the stuff for art. Usability is the layout, how it works. Is it readable? Is it hyperlinked? Is it bookmarked? Do the maps work? Do the character sheets work? All that kind of stuff. Rule set. Um, do we like the rule set? Is it good? If it's adapted, is it adapted well? Originality, you know, uh, could be setting, could be rules, could be anything. It's just whatever level of originality the game might have. And value is the bang for your buck. Not only the the book itself, but does it come with character sheets, third-party licenses, extra content, online generators, all that shit. So art and layout, my goodness. We're it's, starting yeah. the year real strong on this. This is a strong first art and layout. It's so good. It's so good. And you know what's interesting is if you compare this to something like Hell Knight, for example— absolutely fucking love the art and layout that it's insane mm-hmm. it's fantastic um but this is readable you know it is readable that is, Which that drops is the big the usability thing it has on a little I mean, bit handmade you know so oh it, it 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 it's lack of readability was was counteracted by how fucking awesome it was and the fact that you've got a readable pdf later um but the fact that this one is artistically fantastic um and and readable is is great i mean guntio fucking my god dude this book is absolutely stunning um i mean what are you thinking i mean you know there's there's art in it it's it's poster style Mm -hmm. collage um uh this is if you're gonna do public domain art this is how to fucking do it you you put it into a complete style of your own it's it's so so, just mm, thoughts i think the layout's pretty fantastic um Mm. it's mostly like two column um ish uh yeah exactly yeah kind of yes uh um, kind of you know yeah i think the uh, like boxes on all the pages work really well they fit in really well they don't feel like they're standing out your eyes are drawn to where they're supposed to go i mean this is like a a really very strong eight for me i could oh, i oh. could i could be convinced to go potentially higher yeah, I mean, I for me this 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 scratched the nine box for me. I mean, I um, think I I think I'm good with a nine on this one. So yeah, I that's that's where I was at because realistically, when you think of like artistically, the art all the way through, amazing. I love the layout. I love the spreads. I love what they did with the halftone. I think the consistency of the style all the way through, where every single page is just reinforcing the vibe over and over and over again, not just in the art, but also in like the layout of the page, as far as like the color of the page, the icons used on the page, yeah, 
the the split sometimes where like half the page is red, half the page is white, half the page is yellow, half the page is black. I think it's it not only is the art great, but the way the layout is done. Like you said, one of the things that I think really elevates it from an eight to an nine for me is the switch in kind of motifs in the different kind of fit like phases of the book almost Mm -hmm. the basics are pretty a a little bit more reserved the preparation phase bumps it up and then you get to the referee section where so much of it is like black it has kind of a different vibe i think the the attention to detail on that really elevates that to me so for me i think that i think this is a pretty pretty solid nine um if you're cool with that i'm super cool with that totally yeah um uh all right usability um it's a book. It's super usable. The pages are thin. Um, it's split in a way, unlike a lot of books we've read, where like all of the shit you need for the players is in one section. All the shit you need for the referees is in very a nice. different section. You don't have to parse. I know it's only like it's less than fifty pages. You don't, but you don't have to parse it. Um, and realistically, you could print like two, three pages out of this, um, and, including a crew sheet. Um, mm. And have everything you need as a player to run the entire game, period. You don't yeah. really need anything outside of that. Even just a plain you know, sheet and crew sheet with, gives you enough. Yeah, and you can get the sheet and you can print everything out. And that's really cool. It gives you these tools to use. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it it has bookmarks. It doesn't have hyperlinks. Uh, I don't think it has a physical um, silk book ribbon, right? No, but it's, I mean, it's only 48 yeah, pages. I know, it's, I know to... it's right. This is a little bit, listen, this is the things we talk about when it comes to usability. Yeah, no, I agree with um, you. I agree with you. I do think, I mean, even the printing of this is really beautiful. It doesn't have a silk ribbon, but you can see like the, there's like a, like this, the, like a little bit of like mm-hmm. ribboning threading on the inside. It's not just like, you know, held together by glue on the sheets. It's such a well, like, it's a good print. This ain't, this ain't POD is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Um, I do think when we look at usability, though, like we're, we're hyperlink people, we're, we got to put out that hyperlink merch, um, the lack of hyperlinks in this. I do. I don't think it's as egregious because of the size of the PDF. Yeah. Like if you're 30 pages or less, it doesn't bother me at all, really, if it's not hyperlink because it's such a short document. Um, but I and it is bookmarked, but I, I, I do think the step up in PDFs to actually hyperlinking and there are a lot of references to other pages I think would be nice to be able to click to. Say, the page re- like. Yeah, you're right. The hyperlink maybe doesn't bother me, but like the fact that there are page references that are hyperlinked, I'm like, bro, that's that is kind of uh, yeah. Uh. yeah. Um, I don't remember if a lot of a lot of the other games on River stuff has um, hyperlink PDFs or not. Um, I don't remember either. I mean, I'm pretty so sure there's I'm pretty not really any like online tools for this either. Um, not that it I feel really like there's a big it. need for it. There's no. What would you do? Like randomly generate a character? They're all there. You don't do anything to do. Hey, job generator, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mm. I guess, but I think that's I don't know, what so. Are you thinking? What do you think of reusability? I mean, I think it's, I think it's about average. I mean, it's. Uh, I wish it had hyperlinks, but it does have. Like I said, it does have bookmarks. I think that the the book is laid out in a way that makes a ton of sense. Yes. So that that clearly adds to usability. That's why. That's one of the reasons that we broke usability away from layout and move layout to a completely visual thing is because there are so many books where we're like the layout looks great but like i have to flip to 10 different sections just to understand the rules of the fucking game so i think the the content is laid out incredibly well um everything you need is highlighted in the ways that you need it um there's i when i finished reading this book i had no question on how it worked 
Um, and I think that the layout uh, and the way it was designed as far as the usability really fed into that. So um, I don't know. I'm probably like a like a. Yeah, seven. I was going to say seven. Yeah. Um, and you held up fingers that also said seven. So I completely agree with you on that. So seven for usability. Um, I mean, hyperlinks would have bumped it to an eight. I think that, again, yeah. like. The, the way the content is laid out this in, in such a short book is important and it's great. Uh, rule set. Yeah. Um, uh, great, great rule set. Um, very, 2D6. very simple. Um, it's yeah. 2d6. 2d6. 2D6 and that's like, makes success. I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if you know this about me. I kind of like 2d6 makes success. Um, and I love that they reinforce over and over again. Yes. But I love that they reinforce over and over again push the narrative i think it's fantastic again i don't want to play a heist game at all but i would play the shit out of this i yeah. can't think of something that i would change about this the only thing that if i had to be nitpicky as fuck would be a slight bit like one more line about what about the optional heat is the mm. only the only thing where i'm like i would just pick but if there was a um, maybe a little bit more explanation of which one was he and which one was it's the only yeah. thing but I mean other than that fuck like what are you thinking I mean I mean I think if you know I love a minimalist game this has no oops. stats there's no HP you know you roll yeah. and if you fail you add to the stack and then if you fail you have to like okay so what are you going to do instead narratively yes and I'm like narrative. oh that's pretty good that's pretty cool well, that's the th that's the thing about this is it's like in in the in the in the context of genre discussion and you know et cetera et cetera. This is a story game hard. Like yeah. this to me plays way more like Fiasco than it does like D and D. You know, mm. um, so like it makes sense. There's no stats. There's no HP. There's none of that bullshit. It's all narrative and it's all designed to be improv and narrative. Um, so you know, it's not relating it to D and D as much as like I said relating it to Fiasco. So like yeah, yeah I. So what do you think? No, what do you think? Give me a number. You feel you're you're, you're feeling passionate. I want to hear. You mean a ten? No, I'm kidding. no. <laughs> For what it is and what it does, I it's the best heist game I've ever read. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. for that, that's important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then this, you know, there's some subjective aspects of this where I'm like, yeah, but I love combat games. But like, I would play the shit out of this. I'm I'm between an eight and a nine on this pretty easily. What are your thoughts? I'm. Let's go with an eight. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. There's nothing you could really change about it. I don't know either, but I'm feeling that's where I'm. That's where my gut's telling me. So yeah, like I said, I, I was between an eight and a nine on this, and yeah, I mean we've only ever given one ten, so nine is the highest you can go. Um, and eight, I think I, that's probably just our subjectivity on like style and whatnot. Yeah, but it absolutely this is. is so. it, this could easily be a nine on a different day where we're not as tired. Um, originality. <laughs> Um, I mean, fuck. What do you, what do you, what do you do? I mean, let's talk about art-wise, layout, and everything like that. Originality, the the seventies, like amazing thing. Insane, insane. The style of game two, like this is straight up narrative heist game in exactly the way that we both actually like heists. Like, name me another game that does this. And I guarantee, if someone says heist, a lot of people are gonna say Blades in the Dark. Blades in the Dark ain't this. Blades in the Dark, again, I don't think that rule system is designed to do what it wants to do. And this does rule system, every aspect of it feeds back into itself constantly. Um, what are your thoughts on originality? I mean, 
Yeah, it's a really great heist game. It's not the only heist game. It is a very specific style of heist game. Although I would also say it's pretty open to interpretation as well. But it really is this like callback to these classic heist movies in a way that other heist games aren't really. They're they they just do it differently. Um, so I think this kind of stands on its own as its own thing. Um, although once again, I haven't read Honey Heist, so could be the same game for all I know. Um, I love a game that I can play Frank Ocean in. You know, yeah. that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're Grab at- me a towel. I'm dirty dance. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, that's I'd like. I'm gonna be imagining Frank Ocean leading a heist gang. Um, yeah, him, Before, Tyler, the Creator, poorly you know, at Bonner um, or whatever. Um, yeah, Earl Sweatshirt. I think it's is, like a, like, you know, I think I think it's like an eight again for me for originality. Um, okay, so here's the thing: either rule set or originality. One of these is a nine. Pick one. No, you pick one. I, I, I'm good with either of those. So, all right. I got I got mush brain today. My brain's my brain's extra extra soft today and extra smooth. We're going, I shined it. We're going last nine night. on rule set because honestly, here's the thing with rule set. I can't think of anything that else that I want to do. I think for what this does, yeah. it's perfect. Like you're I, right. I, 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 I wouldn't add anything yeah. to it. So no, and I wouldn't take anything away. There's not a single thing I would take away. Mm. Originality. I think this is a solid eight. Other heist games exist, but not. Um, in in the style of this there i there's another there's not a game out there that can make that lets me play you know oceans 11 and again we grew up in the age of fucking heist movies and of of remakes of of heist movies and they're great um value wise um i don't much like most of the games i'm never it's just not expensive you're not you happen to be looking it up it's are you really not expensive um, i mean i bought two and didn't really it, think about it it's tw- it's 25 euros so that's what 27 dollars it's 27 dollars uh, i know and it's a thin it's a thin book it's only 50 it pages thin. but it's a gorgeous yeah book. it's very very pretty it's a nice a look on a shelf it's you nice to go PDF. i mean listen i've seen people putting 50 page zines for 35 dollars and wanting you to pay 15 dollars for the pdf as well 25 dollars for the pdf and the zine of the quality of games omnivorous yeah value wise this is fantastic you can print all the crew sheets you can print everything that you want it's ccby all you have to do is attribute i think as far as like not having a need for really anything beyond that the value on this is is pretty fucking good you know what i mean um what are your thoughts um i think it's good i think it's a good price for what you're getting you know yeah 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 where where are you at i don't know I, i don't know um you know, I think it's a good price. You don't get there's not really anything else online for it, which I don't necessarily think it may be a detriment for this game. But you don't, don't know need, if there's any point there's having nothing a bunch else of you like, would want or need. Yeah. Yeah. So they give I'm you between, like I'm, they give you like six brief examples in the book. That too. is very like, true. I mean, I think another like, again, more I'm, than it's that. a strong eight. You know. Yeah, I think it's a strong. I think it's a strong eight. I mean, just because it doesn't need more doesn't mean that like games that like have more don't deserve higher but i think that's an easy this is an easy yeah. eight for me um so realistically i mean if this was hyperlinked the lowest score on it would be an eight this is mm-hmm. immediately like in the running for for top game of the year 
um, at the end of the year. And I think it absolutely fucking deserves it. I, I think for what this game is, this to me is reminiscent of, um, what we thought about nine lives to, uh, to Valhalla in a yeah. way that like, it's perfect for what it is. I very um, much agree. I was actually thinking that a little bit ago. I'm like, it's it very much the same kind of minimalist way. It's just really good at doing a thing, you know? Yeah. And if you're, if you're, if you do that thing well, then, then you're killing it. So that's a 41 on the first review of the year from Games on Neighbors product, from Andre Novoa. Fantastic game. I would love to play, I would love to play this. I really hope we can get this stream. Um, Again, starting strong, I imagine, unless some fucking bangers come out, this is going to be in a top five, uh, multiple yeah. ones at the end of the year. My gosh, will this be in the art and layout one at the end of the year at least? Um, great game. Love it. Have no idea what's coming up next on the docket. Our January is jam-fucking-packed, and February with Zemo and everything is going to be just as stacked. So expect a shitload of episodes. I think we have maybe... 10 or 12 I'm gonna 10. take all of february off and you can just handle zemo on your own so <laughs> there you go um I, I genuinely think we have 10 to 12 episodes playing just for january so far and that's not even touching on zemo that's even though some so... of those are prepped for zemo that are coming out like the last week or two True. so expect a lot of weekly scroll again thank you everyone so much for the end of last year we really want to start this year strong and hit it hard um we are going to do we said we we're going to do less interviews and we have like 10 planned but after zemo um and even through Zemo, what we would love to do is consistently get back to doing more games. We had fewer games than we kind of wanted to last year and a lot more interviews. Uh, we, we, regardless of what we do, I would like to make sure we get at least three, if not all four, um, every month so we can end the year on like 50, 50 fucking games, you know? Yeah, and, I'd be uh, down for that. I, it, it's funny because we've been doing so many interviews and I've been like, yeah, I want to do less interviews. And then we did... You know, the games on Nervous Energy, I'm like, damn, that was really good. We should do some more. It was fucking banger. It was fucking banger, yeah. I really yeah. think we're just going to be a little bit more picky about it, and I do think that um, we should do a little bit, lend a little bit more stuff to, like, our, our monthly crowdfunding thing where we can talk about people's projects where, like, we might love them and their projects, um, but, you know, as far as, like, our schedule and our time, I do want to be a little bit more... I want to take care of me in 2024. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not going to sacrifice sleep as much um, when we can address projects otherwise. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but if you're, if you're fucking Andre Nouveau, we're going to talk to you. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, there's some people you just can't say no to, but again, thank you everyone for all the support from last year. Thank you for your support continuing forward into 2024. This was a banger first episode. Um, expect love more very soon. You're all amazing. Um, that's it. Love you too, buddy. Bye. Bye.